Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for Angelic Assistant. We thank you for your word that applies questions to life's questions. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for the blood. We thank you that just as Moses lifted up the bronze serpent in the wilderness, so is also the Son of Man lifted up. That anyone who looks at him will not perish, but have everlasting life. We thank you for giving or giving up on us. We thank you for leaving the 99 and coming after us. We thank you for the gift of life. For indeed the Lord is good and his mercy is endured forever. We pray and may Christ alone be exalted in our discussion tonight. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Wow, we are so grateful to God that he has counted us worthy yet again another 24 hours that we might work the works of him who has qualified us. And we are believing God for grace, for strength, for help, that he would accomplish and finish whatever he has ordained for us, even in this day. In the name of Jesus, amen. So we are continuing our study, and tonight is the part three of what we are looking at titled for our learning. It's a phrase we coined from Romans chapter 15, verse 14. Paul, in, Paul giving us an insight into why God allowed the graphy, the scriptures, to be documented. The Bible says, for the scriptures were written by holy men who were moved by the Holy Spirit. And you want to, and Paul give us an insight into why God allowed holy men to document certain stories, certain things that happened. And in Romans 15 verse 14, he says that they were written for our learning and that we through the patience and the comfort of scripture might have hope. And for this episode, we are just narrowing in on there for your learning part. And you are simply saying that the Bible has simply passed purpose or passed questions to life. And life is going to keep asking us the same questions over and over again, just maybe in different forms. But the principle is the same. And if you have seen this past paper before, if you have solved this question before, it becomes relatively easier to be able to understand this. And I, um, yesterday I was speaking to my mom and she was telling me about a relative, how this relative came to, I think, Accra um, with, I think, just as a certificate. And God orchestrated the events of his life and he worked for a man in a company that was growing and due to his diligence and everything. The man later entrusted the entire company to his hands. So you can imagine, the man started making big money. And as expected of the human flesh, he nicodemously stole the company from this man. He changed the name of the company or the owner of the company to his name. And the, the guy was not really sure what was good. He didn't want to believe that this person had actually done this. And he gave the company to this relative to run and just bring him his share of the money at the end of each month. He noticed that the amount began to dwindle. And when he started asking his relative of man, stories upon stories, stories upon stories. And his life was cut short. <laughs> and my mom was so bitter and, and, and sad about what this relative had done. And I was saying that if only my relative had read the past paper to life and he had remembered Queen Basti that this woman forgot that she was a queen because a king came to marry her. And she was there organizing an independent organization under the king's own roof. And you see, many of us keep repeating these same mistakes. 
the same thing as Judas. He only valued Jesus because of money. So when he realized that Jesus was not giving him money, but rather wasting money and always talking about his death, Jesus, Judas saw no reason to keep working with this person. And life is going to ask us these questions. A time will come in life where we'll have to choose in what we see in people. Is it just money? So if somebody does not give you money, we do not appreciate the person, we do not honor the person. You should see the way we say, yes, I'm a sir, the way we salute people. Because they give us money, they give us something. But the other person, we just say, oh, we just treat the person lightly. So these are questions that life is going to ask us. And God, through this podcast, is expecting that after we have solved these questions, when we meet the real questions in the exams room of life, we should solve it. So tonight, the next past paper God wants us to solve is no other, no other than the man himself, <laughs> Mr. Samson. And I have a soft spot for Samson because it's quite unfortunate that immediately you say Samson, the only thing that can come into people's minds is Delilah, a great man who fell from glory because of a woman called Delilah. But let's read about this phenomenal man and let us see what God wants to teach us from the life of the son of Manuel, Samson, the judge of Israel. So let's go to Judges chapter 16. It's a, it's a very long an interesting passage, but we will just start reading from the verse number four and let's see what God will teach us. So I'm reading the whole scripture and I'm encouraging you to also do the same. It says that sometime later, he, referring to something, fell in love with a woman in the valley of Sharik, whose name was Delilah. The rulers of the Philistines went to her and said, See, if you can lure him into showing you the secret of his great strength and how we can overpower him. We may tie him up and subdue him. Each one of us will give you 11 shekels of silver. So Delilah went to Samson. Tell me the secret of your great strength and how you can be tied up and subdued. And Samson answered, If anyone ties me with seven fresh bowstrings that have not been dried, I'll become as weak as any other man. Any other man. Then the rulers of the Pharisees brought seven fresh bowstrings that had not been dried and tied him with it. When men with men hidden in the room, she called to him, Samson, the Philistines are upon you, but he snapped the bowstring as easily as a piece of string snaps when he comes close to a flame. So the secret of his strength was not discovered. Then Delilah said to Samson, Oh, Mr. Samson, you have made a fool of me. You lied to me. Come now, tell me how you can be tied. And I just don't understand this. You clearly know that. Let me not go ahead of myself. <laughs> Let's continue reading. Verse 11, he said, If anyone ties me securely with new ropes that have never been used, I become as weak as any other man. So Delilah took new ropes and tied him with them. Then with men hidden in the room, he called, Samson, the Philistines are upon you, but he snapped the ropes of his arms as they were threads. Then Delilah said to Samson, All this time you have been making a fool of me and lying to me. Tell me how you can be tied. He replied, if you weave the seven braids on my hair into fabric on the loom and tighten it with a pin, I'll become as weak as any other man. So while he slept, Delilah took seven braids of his hair, wove them into fabric and tightened it with a pin. Again, she called on to him, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He woke up from his sleep and pulled up the pin and the loom with the fabric. Then he said to him, how can you say I love you when you, when you won't confide in me? This is the third time you have made a fool of me and you haven't told me the secret of your great strength. Now, the verse 16 is a very important statement that we'll be perusing. It says, With such nagging, 
she prouded him day after day until he was sick to death of it. I love Delilah. <laughs> so he told him everything. No razor has ever been used on my head, he said, because I have been a Nazarite dedicated to God from my mother's womb. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me, and I'll be weak as any other man. When Delilah saw that he told him everything, she sent word to the Philistines, come back once more. He has told me everything. So the rulers of the Philistines returned with the silver in their hands. After putting him to sleep on her lap, upon the laps of Delilah, she called for someone to shave off his seven braids on his hair, and so began to subdue him, and his strength left him. Then she called, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He woke up from his sleep and thought, another point for us to take me, I will go out before and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. When the Philistines seized him, they gouged out his eyes and took him down to Gaza, binding him with bronze shackles. They set him to the grinding grain in the prison, but the hair on his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. I remember for a conference and the minister preached on this verse, and the hair on his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. Our hairs will grow again in Jesus' name. Verse 23. Now the rulers of the Philistines assembled to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their God, and to celebrate, saying, Our God has delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hands. When the people saw this, they praised their God, saying, Our God has delivered our enemy into our hands, the one who has laid waste, the one who has laid waste our lands and multiplied our slain. While they were in high spirits, they shouted, Bring out Samson to entertain us. So they called Samson out of prison, and he performed for them. When he stood among the pillars, Samson said to the servants who held him, Put me where I can feel the pillars that support the temple, so that I may lean against them. Now the temple was crowned with men and women. All the rulers of the Philistines were there, and on the roof were about 3,000 men and women watching Samson perform. And Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me. Please, God, strengthen me just one more, and let me with one blow get vengeance on the Philistines for my eyes. Is very important for my eyes. 29. And something reached out the two central pillars on which the temple stood, bracing himself against it, his right hand on one and the left hand on another. Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. Then he pushed with all his might and came down the temple on the rulers and all the people in it. Thus he killed many more when he died than when he was alive. This is another powerful portion of scripture. And the verse 31, Then his brothers and his father, his father's whole family went down to get him. They brought him back and buried him between Zarok and Eshtol in the tomb of Manoah, his father. He had led Israel for 20 years. We bless God for the reading of his sweet word. This is a very fascinating story. And there are so many things we can learn from Samson, but as we want to do in this episode, we'll just learn three things as we are doing with all the other characters in the scriptures. And the first thing that is so outstanding and clear, which in my opinion is the most undermined and the most powerful advice ever given to the human generation. And this advice is, is in almost every culture and the rendering may be different, but the advice is the same. And the advice is, show me your friend. 
and I'll show you your character. That is how we say it in Ghana. This advice is literally transformational. In Proverbs, it says that walk with the wise and you will be wise, but the companion of fools shall be destroyed. So if you want to be wise without putting in effort, just surround yourself with wise people and automatically you'll be wise. But if you want to be destroyed effortlessly, just stick around fools and you'll be destroyed. This advice do very simple. I believe is the most important advice ever that can be given to anybody. Because we seem to always be deceived in thinking that our environment does not influence us. And the most powerful thing about our environment is that it influences us without our permission. That is why many people undermine and underestimate this advice. So now here is a case clearly where something was with a woman that clearly wanted to kill him or didn't want the best of him. And for three times, we tell the woman, she does the same trick. She deceives you to sleep on his lap. Then when you sleep, he calls the police times on you, but you subdue them. You clearly know the intentions of this lady. But yet again, you still decide to keep company with the lady. Samson knew very well what the intentions of this lady was. But for some mysterious reason, he just could not part ways with the lady. And I've seen this thing play out over and over and over again in life. Many of us find ourselves in companies we know are not helpful. But for some mysterious reason, we just don't seem to find the energy to pull away. The most real one to me was a very close friend of mine. I always say this. In fact, a friend who was foundational in my Christian journey, especially when I started a Christian work. Right before my eyes, I saw this person turn into another man just because we had certain neighbors in school and he began to become friends with them. He started to go play game over there and have conversations with them. This was a man who used to be passionate and on fire for God. This was a man who, when he was in secondary school, could literally run out of school just for church programs, just for evangelism, just for soul winning. This was a man that could stand and fast and pray. This was a man who was literally on fire for God. He used to wake up every Sunday morning, go to room to room, invite people to church, wait for them, iron their clothes, right? And in a twinkle of an eye, he became friends with people on the next room. And that was it. The man who used to start calling people and in less than a semester, now he literally never went to church. And you could imagine elders upon elders came to visit him. Now, ah, brother, we used to see you at church. Now also, you don't come for cell meetings. You don't do this. What's the problem? Oh, I'll come next week. Oh, I'll come next week. Oh, I'll come next week. It got to the time he literally had to not sleep in the room on Saturday night just so that he could escape from going to church. All because he started playing game and having conversations with the wrong people. When we were growing, when we were younger, my mom in particular was so peculiar about her friends. I remember every time you're going to school, watch your friends or watch your... In fact, she never said anything else. My mom never said, don't do this, don't do that, don't do that. All she kept saying was, watch your friends or be careful about the friends you need. Because somehow she knew that the only way Eve would eat of the tree of good and evil is if there's a serpent to tell Eve about it. My mother knew that the training I was receiving at home was on point. The only thing that could undo what she had done was a bad company. So the only thing my mom was concerned about was friends. My mom never gave me, I don't remember any other advice. Both my parents, my mom and my dad, gave to me, aside, be careful of your friends. And I remember the first time I was going to boarding house, the same thing she told me, be careful of your friends, be careful of your friends. And who are your friends? She was so interested in who my friends were because she knew from experience 
that the only thing that would change a good baby boy <laughs> into something that she will not recognize is the company I keep myself in. There is nobody on earth <laughs> above the age of 14 who does not know this advice. Yet still, we keep falling for this advice time and time and time again. Many of us find ourselves in wrong relationships. You are dating people you know are not treating you well. You are in toxic environment. For some strange reason, they just cannot break free from it. It was the same thing Samson was going through. Four times, this lady has had you captured to kill. You told the lady it was when you tie me with ropes, when you bind my head. And every time you told the lady that she forces you into a sleep and she calls people upon you. But for some strange reason, something could not part away with Delilah. It's a mystery that when I get to heaven, I must sit down with this man and ask him, what at all made him hold on to Delilah? Even though he clearly knew the intentions of Delilah. And it's the same thing. Why are you still in the midst of a company you clearly know is not helping you? That is why the only reason people backslide when they go into Europe or when they go to Europe is because their company changes. Their friends, they keep changes. And I think I've said on this podcast, several of my friends who were puppets when we were in secondary school, who were spiritual leaders, it took them going to America for like six months, less than a year. These people have become hardcore 80s. What changed the environment, the people they work with? That is why when we were in secondary school, people who were on fire for God were afraid to go home because for most of them, when they go home, they know they'll backslide. What changed the environment? These same people could be stubborn people, I, I don't, for me, serial fornicators. But immediately they got to campus and they surrounded themselves with Christian brethren. It's as though they have never seen a woman before. Power of the company you keep. Because the power of the company you keep. And everybody knows about this advice. Show me your friend, I'll show you your character. Yet still, we despise the advice because we think that we are matured enough. The Bible clearly says that if you keep company with the fool, distraction is a certainty. Do not underestimate this advice. And you are never too big enough not to be told this advice because this thing influences young people, it influences adults, it influences middle-aged people, and it influences old people. People have destroyed families because they started hanging out with alcoholics and they drank their family into bankruptcy because after work, they were hanging out with the wrong company. And this is very serious. I remember me in particular, when I joined a particular association, if I should say, I loved everything about association. The food was good, this was good, but then I fell <laughs> into the hands of complainers and members. Everything they'll complain about. Maybe they'll give me lunch. The lunch was dope for me. I'll be enjoying the lunch. But then when I fell into the hands of complainers and members, the same lunch I was enjoying, they made me see that the lunch was not nice. I never knew the lunch was not nice until they told me the lunch was not nice. So before I knew it, I also started complaining. This organization or this association that I was enjoying, I saw nothing wrong with the association. I was free-flowing. But I fell into the hands of people that were always pointing out faults, always finding faults, always complaining about one thing or another. It got to the point that all I could see was negativity and association. And I didn't even realize it. And the only thing that caused that to happen was because I fell into the hands of people who are complainers and memories. Do not underestimate the influence your roommates will have on you. Do not underestimate the influence the people you call friends, the people you keep company have on you. That is why the person you choose to marry is a key determiner in how far you would go you would go in life because this person you're going to marry is going to be your lifelong companion 
and it's going to greatly influence you whether you like it or not show me your friend i'll show you your character as long as samson was with delilah it was only a matter of time it was only a matter of time and the thing about this thing is that do not even initiate it because immediately samson and samson fell in love with the woman called delilah immediately he fell in love that was it his soul has already gone do not play or dabble with these things i said that oh me is just me just for football if you are a football person and want to watch football watch football with godly people those oh i am these alcoholics i'm just watching football with them but after that i'm going home is a lie your conversations will begin to change because you take part in their conversation that is why in psalm chapter 1 verse 1 He says, "Blessed is the man." Let's look at that scripture in the King James version. It's a fantastic scripture. Psalms one, verse one, and I'm sure this is a scripture that in Sunday school you are made to recite over and over again. And David is letting us know that you are blessed in the counsel of the ungodly. Nor do you stand in the way of sinners. You are not a sinner. You are just standing in their way. The third one. Nor do you sit in the seat of scornful. You are blessed. Yeah, automatically you are blessed. So if you are looking for blessings, stop chasing somebody to lay hands on you. Just don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Don't sit in the pathway. Don't the Bible doesn't say don't join the sinners. So don't stand on their pathway. So if they use lane A, do not go and sit on lane A. Nor seated in the seat of the scornful will be in the law of the Lord. And on this law you will meditate day and night, because the people you are talking with, the people you associate with. All they can talk about is the bread of God. All they can talk about are godly things. So automatically begin to meditate on the word day and night. But if you are with people who are always gossiping, people who are always backbiting, people who are always finding faults, people who are always nagging, people who are always talking negativity, how can you meditate on the word of God day and night? And the Bible says that when this happens, you shall be like trees planted by the rivers of water. How do you get to this place? Where you bring forth your fruit in your season, and whatever you do will prosper. How will you get to this stage? Is by deciding, being intentional, and not underestimating the influence of your company, the people you hang around. I can't overemphasize this thing. And God is giving the past questions to life. God is letting us know. As for this question, it is a core question that comes in life. Question number one: Compose your answer. All question. Each and every time you be tested on who you keep company with. We never outgrow this exam. Even in your nineties, you can still be influenced. That is why, as I do, when they go into retirement. Then they made a mess of themselves because in their retirement they associated themselves with old men who have no plan for their lives, for their children and their grandchildren, and they squandered their retirement. They made a mess of their retirement, even in an old age. Don't underestimate this advice. And the reason why God allowed the story of Samson to be documented for us was not for us to make a mockery of Samson or to come up with idiomatic expressions for Samson. But it for our land. The next thing about this wonderful man, Mr. Samson, is in verse 19. It says, after putting him to sleep on a lap, hush, on the lap of Delilah, she called for someone to shave off. And I'm wondering which kind of sleep God is Samson sleep. How can you be sleeping and they will be shaving your hair and you will not know it? And of course, his hair was on his head for years. At least Samson was 30 years old, so you can imagine how long his hair was. And moreover, that those days there were no shampoo, no hair or whatever. Maybe there was oil that he was passing through his hair. But you can imagine how hard the hair was. And this guy could sleep 
and not feel that his hair was being shaved. Hey, then this lap of Delilah there, that was when I get to heaven, I must see the lap. I can't imagine how succulent the lap would be. Mercy. He said, she called for someone to shave off the serving braids on his hair, and they began to subdue him, and his strength left him. I look at the verse 20. Then she called Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He woke up from his sleep and thought, I would go out before and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. Obviously, he knew that his hair was no longer on his head. That is why he thought to himself, let me just go and shake myself. Because whenever this, he was going into a battle, he just had to shake himself, stare up himself, and the Spirit of God will rush upon him. But this time he woke up, and even though he knew that the hair on his head was no longer on his head, he said, oh, no one, I will still shake myself. He forgot that the only reason why God was coming to his attention whenever he shook himself was not because of the shaking. It was because of his hair. And what past question is God telling us? Never underestimate the secrets or the instructions God gives you. The key is in obeying the instruction. The key is in obeying the instruction. So Samson thought that developed the skills of killing Philistines. So no matter what happened, he would always kill the Philistines. He forgot that the only reason why he was killing was because the Lord was with him. And he forgot the only reason why the Lord was with him was because his hair was on his head. And as long as those, that condition was intact, whenever he shook himself, the Lord will come to his rescue. Never underestimate and never replace the word God gives you. That is why I like football. One of the things you learn about football is that many footballers have superstitions. So for somebody, maybe a younger footballer, his first match, maybe he listened to a particular music or he entered the park with his left leg or the right leg or with the hop and he had a very good game. So ever since then, whenever I go to play football, they either listen to that same song or wear the same shoes. Some people wear the same football boots for years. Some the same shin guard because they believe that whenever they wear that same shin guard or that same socks, they have a good game. So they made themselves recognize that the secret is in wearing the socks. It's not in whether you feel well or you don't feel well. And what we as believers should know is that the secret, the words of God. There is no other review elsewhere aside the 66 books that God has given you. So if you are looking for finance, go anywhere else and go and look for the financial wisdom. Go to the ads, you slugger. Consider her ways and gain wisdom that even though she's one of the tiniest of all scriptures, of all creatures, she is never in lack. But you are always in lack. You are always borrowing. You are always in debt. It's not because you need some secret revelation anywhere. It's because the word God has already given you in Proverbs chapter 6. Go back to it. Never underestimate the secrets of God. The thing that God told you, for some of us, God has told us certain things. So for Abraham, he told, I will be your exceedingly great reward. That was the secret God told Abraham, that walked before me, blameless. But imagine Abraham gets to a point and feel like, oh, I know how the things of God are, so I can do it without observing the protocol. You embarrass yourself. And Samson said, I thought to myself, I would go as before and shake myself before the Philistines. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. May that never be our story. May we never forget the secrets God told us. That's why last year we looked at alone with God. 
That's one of the importance of having this alone period with God. Because God gives you certain arsenals by which He's expecting you to wage a good warfare. And never underestimate, never get familiar, never despise those secrets from God. Never underestimate it. Never think you have outgrown prayer. Where the same pray without ceasing. Whether you are influential in the cave of Adolam, prayer is always going to be key. You can never outgrow the secrets of God. The number of times Samson had killed the Philistines, as long as his hair was not on his head, he could never, he would just be like any ordinary man. But as long as the hair was on his head, God would always act and respond to when Samson shakes. Never forget this learning. Never forget the things that God tells you. Stick to it. Because as long as you stick with God's word, you will be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters. The last thing that you want to learn from Mr. Samson was that he underestimated the generosity of our father. He underestimated how good our Lord is. So look at what happened in the verse 28. Then Samson prayed unto the Lord, the servant God, Remember me, please, Lord. And let me get vengeance on the Philistines for my eyes. And we look at the for my eyes. Verse 28. Look at the verse 29. Then Samson rebracing himself against them, his right hand on one and his left hand on another. So why this statement in the verse 30? Then Samson may die with the Philistines. Why did Samson say that? Why? It's something I've been thinking about. And the clue is in the for my eyes. So the way Samson was angry was because they took away his eyes. They took away his glory. Forgetting that God has a judge for Israel. He forgot that a whole nation is counting on him. But because he was just thinking upon himself, he wanted to die with the people. May we never underestimate the generosity of God. May we not be like the prodigal son who says, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Yes, but still, the goodness of our father towards you. He's saying that, my son, you were dead, but now you are alive. With the pig's food you have eaten, you are still my son. The Bible said, took off his robe and gave it to him. He took off his sandals and gave it to the son. He took off his signet ring and gave it to the son. And big party to be made. That is the demonstration of God's generosity towards us. The same mistake, he thought he was beyond the reach of God. With how the disciples were saying, hey, you after going to sell our master, you are coming to join our company. No. So the Bible says he went to hang himself, prayed that God should give him vengeance. Why did he have to add, let me die with the people? It was a shame because he thought that his life was all forgetting that he was in charge of an entire nation. And if you read the next subsequent chapters after that, Israel spent several years in darkness. He had no judge. Because the time that God had allocated for Samson was not yet up. But Samson misbehaved. Samson missed it because he was looking at himself. He was more cautious about his eyes than the duty he had to come. So if you see the next verse, he talks about a man called Micah, who became, who looked for, who found a small boy, who was, and he made him his priest. And the Bible kept repeating that because there was no judge over Israel, Israel did whatever was right in their own eyes. Because in the canals of heaven, Samson was not supposed to die. So there was a gap that was created. But all obsessed about was that my eyes were gone. So even though Samson knew that God would hear his prayer, because the Bible said, after he prayed, he went and he told the servant who was with him that the pillars. So Samson was a man of faith, but he was a dead of God's mercies towards him. You may fall a very deep fall, and we pray that we never fall time, but we pray that we never mess up big time. We may disregard 
powers and intermingle with Delilah. May we never do that. But if it should happen, it's like John writes, I write unto you, my little children, that you will not sin. Sin. We have an advocate with the Father. If you should mess up, that is everlasting. That does not lose its juice, its potency, its ability. May you know the extent of God's message towards you. May we not underestimate how good God is. You may not be qualified to be called God's servant. In fact, you were never qualified. So it's not now, but as long as God calls you his child, as God is still speaking on our behalf, as long as our advocate, Jesus, is still interceding on our behalf, it's never too late. And let's the psalmist wrote in Psalm, and we'll be ending with the scripture, Psalm 136. I love the revelation here, Psalm 136. It's a quite a lengthy um, chapter, but we'll not read everything. We'll just read verse 1. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, Psalm 136, verse 1. It said, Oh, for his good, for his mercies endure forever. Verse 2, thanks unto the God of God, for his mercies endure forever. Verse 3, oh, give thanks to him who alone doeth for his mercies endure forever. Verse 5, to him that had wisdom, that made the heavens for his mercies endure forever. To him that stretched out the waters for his mercies endure forever. For to him that made great lights, Enjoy it forever to the sun that ruled by day is enjoy it forever. Verse 9 to the moon and the stars that ruled by night for his mercies and that smote Egypt in their firstborn for his mercies enjoy it. It was a psalm that song that David was ministering to the Lord. And the David mentions one thing about God, he always asked for his mercies enjoy it. And throughout Psalm 136. For 26 verses, look at the last verse. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord of heaven for his mercies and endureth forever. It reminds me of the word that the Israelites were going to go to them that let Judah lead. And the song that they were singing, for the Lord is good and his mercies endureth forever. So the Bible says, as they were proceeding, the Lord set ambush in the camp of the enemies because they understood the revelation of the mercies of God. So even though David messed up big time, there was one thing that they, that made him say, cast me not away from us. He said, please don't take your spirit, but restore the salvation so that I may worship. David knew the mercies of God. Because he was somebody who I'm sure used to take sleep people, the holies of holies, and he saw the mercy seat. When holies, you see the mercy seat. And God is letting us know by verse 1 we have peace with God. We have peace with God. So whenever the accuser of the brethren comes at you and says, Mama, see the crime you are committing, tell him, for the Lord is good and his mercies. Enjoy forever. One day I'm hoping that God will bless me in, with a revelation of Psalm 136 for his mercies. If you are a ministry, this is a psalm that you must wait on God to give you the tune. Oh, how in heaven you will sing mercies. Enjoy forever. Mr. Samson did not know this. That is why he was quick to add, let me die. And the Bible said that even in his death, Something killed more people in his death than when he was alive. And that's given us to Jesus. 
because Jesus in his death accomplished more than in his lifetime. Falls to the ground and die, it abided alone. And Jesus was saying this concerning himself. When he told him that the Gentiles have come to seek him, his response that a corn of wheat, or less it was prophetically saying that the Gentiles too would receive the word because I will fall to the ground and die. And many people like you and me would be birthed out of the death of Jesus. Oh, the word of God is sweet. Oh, it's so, so sweet. We just want to spend some time in prayer tonight. The Father, may we not underestimate these three things. May we not underestimate the influence of our the company we keep. May we not underestimate the influence of the people we surround ourselves with. They begin to up to your good and evil. Some of us, we do not value people after that. But if you are with friends who only relate with people based on their car, based on the clothes they wear, based on the profession that they do, we pray that you will bless us with wise friends. We pray that you will bless us with prudent friends. That you will bless us with friends that do not help us to complain, that do not make us members, but thankful. If you are with somebody who's always complaining, finding fault, criticizing, blaming somebody, you will automatically become like that. But Father, we pray for good friends. In the name of our Lord Jesus, friends, we pray for friends who other the events of our life in your way. We pray as to meet the secrets you tell us. We pray that your word, which is light unto us. We pray that we not underestimate your word, which is light in our darkness and gives understanding to us. We pray finally that we will never forget that the Lord is good and His mercies endure forever. When we think we are far away from the end and we are not ready to be called your son, Father, remind us that the Lord is good and His mercies endure forever. Thank you for your sweet word, your word that has refreshed, your word that has taught us your word that has given us the past questions for life and we know that we have questions the ministry of the holy ghost will kick in and bring to our remembrance in the name of our lord jesus for the lord is good ah thank you for me. thank you so much for being with us for yet another life and we really always appreciate your presence and my boy and my boy to channel where we put various messages of various schools, generally African spiritual instructors from Kenya, from Nigeria, Ghana, from everywhere. We are building a pool of spiritual instructors that will give us light of simple minds. So don't forget to visit the new Almighty YouTube and don't forget to keep your lights in your friends. And as we all we are going to still give God our very best. And the only thing we are owing any man is love. We'll see you next week and bye-bye.